Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. And you can read my articles by following or viewing the brew on Twitter. And of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. Trevor, my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor, is joining me here today along with special guest Francisco Castro of Brewers Brawl. So we are going to be having a three-way conversation here about our predictions for the roster on opening day, as well as the opening day lineup construction versus Kenta Maeda. So we are going to skip ahead here to that conversation because it is a very fun and delightful one. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right. And thanks for joining the podcast. Francisco Castro of Brewers Ball joining us to talk about the predictions for opening day, who's going to make the roster, what that lineup might look like. Before we get into some of that Brewers talk, Francisco, can you tell us a little bit about Brewers Ball? Because you do a podcast with them and they've just, I feel like, suddenly popped up out of nowhere. I'm seeing Packers Brawl, Brewers Brawl all over the place. Yeah. So the, the Brawl Network has been around been uh strictly or mostly for until now until recently uh mostly football they do a lot of draft talk um and then i uh, reached out to them because i know they have a cubs podcast as well and i was i noticed that they didn't have any baseball so i, I reached out to them they were willing to let me and uh john egan start start off a a brewers uh podcast which is uh which is great like i love talking baseball baseball's always been uh, a passion of mine Awesome. Yeah. So definitely check out the Brewers ball. Well, let's switch over brawl. here a little. Oh, brawl. Yes. <laughs> switch over a little bit here to what we think this team is going to look like on opening day, because it's April 1st. That's seven days as this podcast is coming out that we'll be seeing regular season baseball. And this is going to be fun because I've never discussed my thoughts with who's going to make the roster with you. And Trevor and I really haven't talked about it either. So there could be a lot of controversy here, and I think that's going to be exciting. So let's start with the starting pitchers anyway. Let's go. Your We'll just say there's going to be five starting pitchers in the rotation. Who is your one through five? Francisco, we'll start with you. I actually kind of see them going a six-man rotation, but not a, not really a six-man rotation. Uh, what I mean is that uh, obviously we have Brandon Woodruff at, at the top, um, Corbin Burns, and then I, I think – I'm pretty sure Brett Anderson will be third. Um, I've talked about it on my podcast. He's the only lefty, so it's nice to kind of throw him in the mix so that um, a team is not seeing three straight righties. Um, so I, I like him at third. He's uh, not a strikeout pitcher, but he knows how to pitch. He gets a lot of ground ball outs. But like over the last two seasons, he's 17 and 13. He's a decent pitcher. He's a, a solid third starter. Um, he won't go deep into games, but he, he hasn't really done that for a while now. But he'll get you five or six quality, quality innings. Uh, for the most part, 
he doesn't really have a ton of bad outings. It's usually pretty consistent th- throughout his career and what he's been. And then four, I have um, I have right now I have Agent Hauser. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work out. It's interesting to see because um, four, five, and six, I have obviously Josh Lindblom, and then I think the fifth spot is going to kind of be a mix between uh, Peralta and Lindblom until they kind of figure out who's going to be that fifth starter, like solidified as a fifth starter. So I think when I say like a six-man rotation, I think they may, for the first couple passes through the rotation, throw in Peralta as well as mix in Josh Lindblom. And then whoever, I guess, pitches well will kind of take over that fifth spot. And then the other would be moved to the bullpen. I mean, I'm kind of hoping it's um, not Josh Lindblom. I kind of hope he's pushed the bullpen, although I don't know how he would do pitching out of the bullpen because... I really like um, Freddie Peralta stuff, and I think if he can basically pitch up to his potential, that's a, another solid starter that they have. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue much here. I like what you're doing. And I actually, I've always just, just based on Brett Anderson's stuff and you know what he is, you mentioned he's not going to go long into games, so I never really thought of him as that third starter, but it, when you when you break it down like that, throwing a lefty in to kind of break things up a little bit, I think that's probably a good idea. And like you said, then, you know, in a series, then you're not seeing three straight righties. I think that makes a lot of sense. To me, I think I think Freddie Peralta deserves a, another full chance at a starting rotation. So I have, obviously, Woodruff and Burns, one and two, then... I kind of switched it up. I'm going to go Anderson. I really like your reasoning there. I think uh, Freddie's number four, and I'm going to put Hauser at five just because I want as little pressure on Adrian Hauser as I can because I know his stuff is there, and I know he can be amazing, but I just want as little pressure on him so he could just go out there and throw some great pitches rather than throw in chunks. I was going to say, don't you want to bring the pressure on so that happens and then he performs well? But <laughs> no, I get your reasoning. I'm on the same boat with you guys. I guess I hadn't really thought about having Anderson as that third starter in the rotation, like you said, but it makes sense to break up the righties a little bit there. And I think a lot of people in a longer season would have appreciated Brett Anderson a lot more because last year he only ended up making 10 starts. The last start got cut short by the blister. And it was, I did some research on it a while ago. It was like five or six of his starts. So, you know, dang near 60% all went over at least five innings. So that's what you're looking for in a Craig Council type starter. Uh, and bringing up the back end of my starting rotation, I did put Freddie Peralta in there. I think they, if they start with five, he's pitched well enough in spring training. The addition of the slider is going to help propel him forward as a starter. And that's that's what we've seen, and that's the evidence I'm going off right now. And Lindblom in the bullpen is going to be interesting, but he's definitely going to make the team, and that's the only other spot left for him, I think. I Yeah, I agree with you. I like I like Freddie Peralta's stuff, like the advanced metrics. Like He's definitely a better pitcher than Lindblom. I wouldn't be surprised if Lindblom's not even on the team come toward midseason. Like, if Freddie Peralta is pitching way better than him, he has no really a purpose in the bullpen. Like, I mean, there's so many better options for coming out of the bullpen. And he's not his stuff. He doesn't have strikeout stuff where you want him basically coming out of the bullpen. So I can I can see him off the team um, if he's not pitching well. Like, I mean, they just eat the money and kind of, you know, live and learn. Um, they You know, they swung. They, it was a good it was a good the idea. And signing him was great. Like, in the, you know, 
uh, KBO he was dominating. So I understand the purpose and the reasoning behind sending him, but I feel like teams shouldn't be afraid. Like if don't just keep a player just because you're actually paying him all the money. If he's uh, a reason why your team isn't winning, just cut him. Like there's no reason for him to be there. Interesting enough, we all had pretty much the same starting pitching, just maybe mixed up the order a little bit there. We're all kind of in agreement that Lindblom is the odd man out. Let's shift over to the bullpen here. Obviously, I think we both know Hayter and Williams are going to be locks, and Brett Suter as well. But after that, it gets a little bit more interesting. So, Trevor, we'll start with you this time. Who are you going to pick for those final three to four bullpen spots after Hader, Williams, and Suter? My close to a lock is Drew Rasmussen as well. I think what he showed last year and now, I just think he's for sure going to be in that road, uh, in that bullpen as well. Um, and I do think, Tyler, we talked about this one of the last times I was on, that you know I think he's going to have a few different roles. And and maybe not a few different roles, but just how they use him is going to be a little differently. He's going to be kind of that, you know, you get your starter to go five, six innings, and now you get Rasmussen, or maybe your starter goes seven, and he's, you know, one inning, and then you get to Hayter or Williams or both, depending on that. Or, you know, they only go five, you get Rasmussen to go two now, and he's can be a little bit more of that, like, bridge to our high leverage guys. Um, and he can do that in multiple innings. I, I do think he's going to be very important. Um, I like the idea of having um, at least to start to see how he does, like you were talking about with Lindblom. I think Lindblom and Suter in there as well make a ton of sense. Um, knowing the Brewers, knowing Craig Council, their pitchers aren't going seven very much at all. So you need some of those longer reliefs to help reduce the stress of the bullpen, especially on guys like Hayter and Williams. Um, other than that, I I just don't know if he's ready, but I want to see uh, Topa in there. So I'll just put him in there just because I want him in there. Um, and I think lastly, again, just because it's another guy that I want to see at the major league level, I'll put JP Fireheisen in there as well. Yeah, that's pretty similar to what I had. I had Rasmussen in there. I like the role you have kind of. he. I thought he was on his way to earning some high leverage situations last year and then got his like last like four starts or something. He gave up multiple runs or crooked numbers, and that really skyrocketed his ERA last year. But obviously the high fastball, you like seeing that. J.P. Fireisen, I agree. He's had a tremendous spring training so far. He's definitely earned that right, uh, but he also does have options. So if the Brewers want to keep someone else, he could be one of the first, you know, to get option down and bring back up later. But I think his play has earned him an opening day nod here. And if not mistaken, that'd be for the second year in a row. I think he got opening day last year as well. And then my final spots, I'm going to give it to Brad Boxberger, who has had just a dreadful, dreadful spring training. But he's got such good closing experience. He has never been like outstanding throughout his career, but he's never been absolutely terrible. And I think there's just some value that if he can perform a little bit above his expectations or near it, he'll be this year's David Phelps. You can trade him off for some pitching prospects. He'll be intriguing to other teams. I would just rather not see him walk out of spring training and go sign somewhere else. Um, because when you look at the other pitchers left, Yardley, Wall, uh, Topa, 
they all have options so they could start in AAA if that's how the way they wanted to go. So I'm going to keep Brad Boxberger on the team. I was reading your article earlier, and I, I, I agree with your reasoning. I like him. I like someone who's had closer experience because when you have Hater at and and I read that, you know, Hater's going to be more of a, the tra- traditional closer now, which I like. I love that because if you think about baseball players, they're such creatures of habit, um, not knowing when you're going to come in. Like that can that can mess with you. Um, I've seen pitchers who have normally, you know, pitched a seventh inning or eighth inning, then they switch to like a closer and they just can't do it or vice versa. So I love the fact that he's, you know, he knows now every game or not every game, but for most games, he's in the, in the ninth inning. I like that. And then you could just kind of work backwards um, from there. Um, Devin Williams is going to pitch the eighth inning. And then you really can pick and choose who you want to have that seventh inning. I, I like Suter. I mean, I'm trying to think. It depends on um, kind of Freddie Peralta and if he's going to be pitching in the rotation or if he's not. Because if he is not, I, I think he could be a great seventh inning guy where he can have that seven, eight, nine just gas. And uh, with his, you know, uh, that would toward the, have that end of the bullpen kind of solidified where they know, you know, I'm the seventh, I'm the eighth, I'm the ninth. Um, kind of get that mindset in. And then Suter, I like him. It's kind of as a, a swing man. You know, he can start a game. He can, uh, if someone gets goes short, he can finish a couple innings. Um, I like that he has that versatility where he can start or he can come out of the bullpen, give you multiple innings. If there's extra inning games, he can he can go uh, pre, he can go long. Right? He's he's stretched out enough and he's been a starter before, so he has that mindset if he needs to do that. Um, I, I'm kind of kind of not. Kind of lost on who's going to have that last spot. Um, I like um, Rasmussen. I like uh, Yard, uh, Yardley, but um, I, I like also, you know, like I said, uh, Boxberger. So I like, it's it's going to be interesting who they put at that last spot. I don't know who it's going to be, but all I know is that no matter who it is, this bullpen's probably going to be a top five bullpen in the National League. Um, and at the back end of the bullpen is probably probably going to be one of the better bullpens in uh, all of baseball. And you're you're talking the bullpen like that, and if we can get a hit in the starting rotation, whether that be from Hauser or Peralta, then you add in obviously Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. You add just a steady contribution from Brett Anderson. You're looking at a top four that you feel very comfortable with, and yeah, maybe that fifth spot's a little bit of a wild card. But if you get one of those two guys to hit you're looking at a very good starting rotation on top of that already very good bullpen. And that in itself is very, very exciting moving forward into this season. It is. I mentioned, or I noticed, I guess that none of us really talked about the other non-roster invitees. So you're thinking like Javi Milner or Blaine Hardy and Milner has thrown six scoreless innings throughout spring training so far, which is kind of interesting and Blaine Hardy has thrown three innings and you know, he's given up some runs. But Javi Milner is, you could argue from a non-roster invitee standpoint, outperform Brad Boxberger despite he's not a very popular name. But any chance you guys think that Craig Council just surprises the crap out of us and all of a sudden we see a Javi Milner on there? Yes. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at anything at this, at this point. He's kind of playing close to the vest, kind of keeping, you know, his his uh, idea is kind of secret from us, <clears throat> so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. No, and if he's pitching better, then I mean I wouldn't be mad at it if it's him who's you know chosen to be that last bullpen arm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, Tyler, looking at the spring training numbers and that 
clearly doesn't isn't going to change a ton of opinions, but on the on the fringe of the roster at Ken, just looking at some of his numbers he's been able to put up this year under a one whip, um, strikeouts per nine at 12 and a half. You know, those numbers are looking pretty good. So he, if he can keep that up, maybe he is a guy that can make the roster in that bullpen. That'll be definitely interesting to watch. For sure. So obviously pitching in general is going to be really fun to watch again this year. I'm I'm real excited. It's going to be a strength of this team. And now we just really have to hope for the offense to bounce back. So let's shift over into the position players here. Um, unless there's any objection at the catcher position, can we all agree that it's going to be Pina Nervaez on opening day? Yes, I, I would agree with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. So we're not going to touch any more on catcher. Let's shift to the infield here. So I guess I'll start first. I'll do the honors. At first base, I have Keston Hira, and then I'm going to keep Dan Vogelbach on the roster as well. At second base, I have Colton Wong. Third base, Shaw. Uh, shortstop is going to be Arcia and Urias. And then Daniel Robertson as kind of my super utility player in the infield. So I think there's been a lot of controversy lately over whether or not Vogelbach deserves to be kept or not. But I do think he's going to have a lot of value in a pinch hitter role, um, especially with a left-handed bat. If for whatever reason, whatever pitcher they're throwing that day, the Brewers want to get as many lefties in the lineup, you could give Hira a day off, put Vogelbach and Shaw in at the same time. Um, That's really intriguing to me. Um, But Francisco, what do you think about the Brewers infield? Who do you got penciled in? Yeah, so I mean, obviously at uh, at first base, we have Kesson Hira. Um, I I really want to see his defense improve. Obviously, he's new to that position, and it's going to be a learning curve. If he could be a solid first baseman, then our you know, obviously the defense has vastly improved with Colton Wong at second base. And you don't have to worry about Kesson Hira throwing to first and have the ball end up somewhere where, you know, you're not trying to have it end up at. <laughs> um, and then if you look at second base, obviously you have Colton Wong. And then third base, I have Travis Shaw, um, Arcia. And then at shortstop, Urias. And then also I have Arcia kind of bouncing back from short <clears throat> to third. I, I don't have uh, Daniel Vogelbach in the, at first base, and um, I'm not I'm not a huge Daniel Vogelbach fan in the National League. If they had the DH, then I'd I'd be all for it. <clears throat> but at the same time, if you want a pinch hitter, and let's say you have a man on second, and you, you're not going to want someone who strikes out. You want someone who puts the ball in play, someone who can make contact. And throughout his career, I know he had like a four or five week stretch uh, toward the end of last season where he was completely on fire, right? He was getting on base. He was hitting, he was, um, he was playing well, but that's over his career. That's not really what he's been. So I can see him kind of going toward back, not regressing, but just kind of going back to his average. Um, and since he can't really play first base defensively, well, I, I feel like he's, there's really not a spot for him. If you, want to give um Kesson here a break I'd rather have someone who has played first base who's a little bit more uh defensively gifted I guess at first base um than Daniel Vogelbach and I, I don't mind the guy I like I have nothing against him as a person or a player I just feel like um he's better suited to be a DH hitter and I'd rather give that spot on the bench to someone who can be more um versatile because I know Council like that's he loves that right he loves the versatility someone who could play multiple positions um, Danny Robinson is a great example also uh, McKinney 
who could be an outfielder. He's also played some first base. Um, so like, I don't, I could see them keeping him, especially since he's been, you know, swinging a hot bat lately. So it's, I, I don't think, uh, Daniel Vogelbach makes the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but I, at this point I would, I can see him as auto man now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think Tyler's not surprised at all. When I say that, um, I have not been, I, a huge Vogelbach fan because, 2020 in Milwaukee was an aberration. It that that's not the player he is. You know, hitting to the opposite field, making contact consistently. It's just that's not who he is. Um, that's not what the numbers tell us who he is. He's a 200 hitter um, throughout his career, and he hit almost 330 in the 19 games he played in Milwaukee. So again, it's just that's not what he is going to be. Um, in 2021. So I think moving on from him because he's so limited defensively and, um, you know, you do have not a very good on base guy. He's kind of home run or he's going back into the dugout, um, type of hitter. And then he has nothing defensively to offer. So to me as a backup first baseman, it just doesn't make sense. You know, we saw Travis Shaw play first a little bit, um, so, you know, if you need Keston to take a break, you can put Shaw over there. Um, you can move Arcia, as you were talking about, or Robertson. Like, you have some options to move the infield around with some more versatile guys like Arcia, Urias, Robertson, you and Shaw, really, too. He can play the corners. So you have some options there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of keeping Vogelbach. Um, I think... It, it just does not make a ton of sense to me just because I am not overly comfortable in a pinch hitting role in seventh, eighth, ninth inning that he's going to get the job done. I think there's better options that you can find to use that role for. Yeah, I, I get where you guys are coming from. The hard part, though, is with the Brewers, like their other utility players like Matthias, Lopes, they're all injured. They're on the 60 day IL. So like from an infield standpoint, it's like, Robertson is like your, you're going to label as your utility guy. Arcia and Urias, I think, are going to bounce a lot. Or Arcia is going to bounce a lot between shortstop and third. Shaw the corners, like you said. Um, so I just thought, like, you know, if we have a roster spot, why not keep keep Vogelbach there? He doesn't have any options left. I, I think somebody would probably take a chance on him if, if he mm. doesn't make this team. So <laughs> I'll keep him. <laughs> I think – I. Th- I, I could see an American League team taking a swing at him, but a team such as like the Orioles or the Mariners, his original team, and I could see him also being DFA'd again. So he 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 could probably um, be available throughout the season if they really want to get him back. There's your bold prediction. It'll be like one of those like the Keon Broxton thing where the Brewers get rid of him so many times, bring him back. <laughs> Maybe that's the next Vogelbach. Who knows? <laughs> All right, to the outfield. Obviously, we got the four main studs in JBJ, Kane, uh, Garcia, and then Christian Yelich. I think we all mentioned Billy McKinney a little bit. Is everyone kind of leaning towards keeping a fifth outfielder on this team in Billy McKinney, or what What are you thinking? We'll go with you first, Trevor. Yeah, I, I am just more of a fan of Billy McKinney than I am of Derek Fisher or Tyrone Taylor. That's just my personal opinion. I like, you know, that added versatility. I like the speed that he provides. So that part of it, you know, I've been leaning t- 
towards him as well. And Tyler, as you know, it was hard to agree with you, but I think you nailed the outfield. <laughs> well, I mean, when four are set in stone, I would hope I, <laughs> you know, at least get 80% right. <laughs> I think the the weirdest part is just going to be if they decide to keep five or not. You know, the way I constructed the opening 26-day rosters, I had them start with only 12 pitchers as opposed to 13, which is the max. So then you you can carry an extra position player. So whether that's, you know, if it's going to be Vogelbach or not, or if it's going to be a fifth outfielder, um, with Billy McKinney having no options left, I think he's the obvious choice. Tyrone Taylor's obviously been playing really good in the best shape of his life and all that, but he has an option remaining. So I think San Antonio's where he's going to start. So what do you think, Francisco? Yeah, like you said, when there's three out of four pretty much set in stone, um, it's kind of it's a little bit easier to kind of speculate who's going to be that uh, fourth and fifth, or sorry, that fifth spot. Um, the more the bigger question to me is who is going to start opening day in the outfield as opposed to who's sitting on the bench because um, they have four starters on that roster. And I when he uh, for the fifth starter, I would go with Billy McKinney. But had you asked me that maybe like two weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have said him. But he's been swinging a hot bat. He's been playing well. Um, he's versatile. He could play first base. He's not the best first baseman, but he has played first base before, so he knows. Um, and he's been he's been hot as, late, as of late. So if he can bring that into the season, um, I don't know how many at bats he'd get, just because they already have four outfielders who are all um, above average and Gold Glove level um, outfielders. So they don't really need him. But it's so I mean he, that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to keep five. I'm I'm assuming at this point they do just because he is versatile enough to play different different roles. But yeah, I'm just interested to see if it's Avicio Garcia or if it's JBJ starting uh, opening day lineup. Yeah, I think my reasoning for keeping McKinney early on was that obviously Stearns likes him, and if they keep him, you know, whether it's for four days during the regular season, five days, and then they try to get him to clear waivers in the minor leagues. Maybe a lot of other teams' rosters are already set in stone, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to bother. So I think that's the strategy I was going with there. I don't expect him to be on the roster very long because the Brewers are going to want to bring up a 13th pitcher eventually is kind of where I was going with that. Opening day. Yeah, let's get to it. So we're facing the Twins. Kenta Maeda is going to be the pitcher for the Twins, right-handed pitcher. I'm going to let you guys just tear apart my opening day lineup because <laughs> there's so many different ways you can go with this. So when I constructed the offensive lineup, I put Colton Wong in the leadoff spot. He was the Cardinals leadoff hitter last year. I think he's going to he can do a really good job for the Brewers. Obviously a very good contact hitter. In the two spot, I put Lorenzo Kane, again good contact hitter. If he's patient, he can get on base you're going to have a good chance of getting two batters on base for my three spot, which is Christian Yelich. So that is why I decided to go that route. And then from there, it really gets tricky. I put here on the fourth spot for now, just because of how good of a power hitter he is. He led the Brewers in home runs last year. Fifth, I put Travis Shaw. Sixth, I did JBJ. Seventh, I did Omar Narvaez starting on opening day. And then eighth, Orlando Arcia, and then, of course, Woody, ninth. Yeah, so <laughs> that is my opening day lineup. Who's going to rip it apart first? What do you guys think? 
Well, it's hard to rip it apart because first off, you got Craig Council, the manager, um, and you just never know what he's going to do. So I won't complain too much. There are if there's some flip flopping that I want to do with your opening day starting lineup for for the hitters. Tyler, you know this. I am a huge Lorenzo Cain fan, so I would put him in the starting the oh gosh. Um, number one spot in the in the batting order. Um, I'm going to put Lorenzo Cain there, and I don't have a ton to back it up. We know he hasn't had a lot of opportunities in spring training so far. I just think he is the best option. You look at career numbers. Um, maybe that's not that fair, but you look at career numbers. He's a better overall um, kind of on-base guy is comparison to Colton Wong hits a little bit better, about 20 points, a little over 20 points better. Um, that's just the guy I want to start out with. And then I'll have Colton Wong in the two. Cause Tyler, you know, I love having kind of a little bit old school. I love having your best hitter in the three hole. Um, I'm not a big fan of Yelich in the two hole. So I love to see him back in the three hole. I will agree with Hira at four. Then I would actually go five, six, seven. I'm doing Nervias. JBJ, and then Travis Shaw, RCN, and Woodruff to round it out. And the, the cool thing about this lineup, and um, they're, it's not going to be consistently the same every um, game. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change, right, um, throughout the season, depending on who's uh, the hotter hitter. Um, I like Colton Wong. I think, Tyler, you said Colton Wong leading off. I like, I like him leading off. He's done that before. He has um, experience. He doesn't strike out a ton. Um, he, he can get on base to a decent spot and he has speed right he can steal a couple of bags if he needs to um lorenzo kane i have him at second i like him there and then christian yelich i agree i have him at third um i like what he can do i'm hoping he has a bounce back uh, a season looking at his numbers today with the grand slam i think he'll i think he'll be all right this year um i think uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll bat well at the third and then i have uh keston here at four um but i wouldn't if he if he can get to it where he was like his rookie season when he was offensively putting up a ton of numbers, I can have him in um, four or five really. Um, Travis Shaw and he can flip flop, and then I have uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, batting six, and then um, Arcia and then Narvaez. For Narvaez, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Narvaez is he's like an X factor to this season and the offense bouncing back he should be able to return to his normal last year was just absolutely dreadful like it was for pretty much every brewer out there and then we all left Garcia out of the opening day lineup which I think is interesting because he's been playing pretty good this spring he's reporting what like 36 pounds lighter or you know whatever so obviously we all think Lorenzo Cain's going to be ready for opening day um, or do you think that's just kind of more of like a, a veteran courtesy with Lorenzo Cain getting to start opening day? I, I think he'll be healthy. If if and I think he's at the point in his career where he knows his body and if he if he knows he can't play, I don't think he's gonna put himself in that position to force it and somehow re injure himself and kind of push the whole process down the road or uh, you know, extend his uh, injury time on the injury list. So I I I'm hoping he starts just because like, you know, he's that veteran presence opening day, you want you want him on the roster, basically. And then um, you also want Jack Bailey Jr. His defense is amazing. And it'll be good to have him in there as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think they're going to... I think this lineup is going to be... 
I don't think it's going to be one of the top offensive lineups in the league. They don't really have. I wish they would get one more solid bat, um, but they don't have that. But that's okay. They have enough to produce enough runs that they can be um, a decent, decently decent offensively. And with their starting pitching, at least you know one to three, that's really all they need to be. And then hopefully they get hot toward the end of the season, kind of and going into the playoffs. But I, I'm hoping a lot of these players have a bounce back seasons. So we'll see. Hopefully, Yelly uh, looks like his MVP self too. <laughs> and and that really changes everything because if Yelich yeah. is MVP, Yelich, to me, the rest almost doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you saw what he did in September a few years ago. Like if Yelich is Yelich, we will be fine. You mentioned again. The pitching staff is going to help this, and this offensive group doesn't have to be the best in the league because they have some pitching to back them up. They just need to be solid. They can't be bad like they were last year and go through terrible stretches of offense, and part of that is, I think, getting Kane back. Part of that is Yelich, Nervais, um, Hira, to a lesser extent, bouncing back from last year. And then also the additions of Colton Wong, um, JBJ, you know, Travis Shaw. This could be a potentially like I'm thinking pretty much best case scenario is an above average offense, but nothing overly crazy. But I also think they can if we don't see those big time bounce backs, at least not from Yelich, if we see like. Yelich before he came to Milwaukee, then that's going to be a big time concern as well. And that's going to make this offense, you know, maybe be more like slightly below average. And that's definitely obviously going to make it harder for the Brewers to win and and try to get out of this central because this, I believe this is the year to do it. I know uh, the Cardinals have made some moves, but this Brewers team added in key spots and kept the roster just about the same in other spots, notably that late in the bullpen and your first two starting pitchers, and you got good solid core there. So now let's build on it. They bring in Wong, they bring in JBJ, and now I definitely think this could be an NL Central winning team and could wreak some havoc in the in the playoffs. Yeah, going for the the postseason for the fourth season in a row is the ultimate goal here and. Like you said, I think the ceiling for this team offensively is is really high. So hopefully they can all hit their strides and we have a lot to cheer about all season long. That would be very great and would certainly help us as fans to make it one that's enjoyable and memorable. I, I completely agree. Um, having a team that's w- worth watching um, makes your summer exciting. I can't even imagine how it feels to be uh, a Pirates fan or an Orioles fan, a Mariners fan, knowing that your team isn't trying to win. Like I just feel like as a fan base, that has to be so um, disheartening, right? But uh, like like you were saying, um, I agree that I think they can win the, uh, the Central. Um, Trevor, I, I think that's the only way they make the playoffs. I don't think this team is better than the Padres or the Dodgers, whoever doesn't win that division, or the Mets. Um, or even like the Braves, if one of those teams make the wild card, right? Because I'm assuming either the Padres or the Dodgers will be wild card number one. But the good thing about this team is that they are, I feel like they're built and constructed more for a playoffs than the regular season. Because in a short three-game series, if you can throw 
um, Woodruff and then Burns and then kind of mix and match whatever you want to do in the third game. Like you, those pitching, that's enough pitching to match up different teams that are going to be coming out of the National League. So in a short game, in a short in game, I feel like they're going to be um, set. They just got to get there. And that's, I think, the only way they can do that is to win the division, which I think they should. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, national writers who are giving the Brewers some praise right now, which is scary and also kind of cool at the same time. Yeah, like, I'd rather not, be the underdog. It's a weird feeling. It is, especially after the Cardinals got Nolan Arenado in the offseason. I'm like, oh, you guys are really still picking the Brewers? Interesting, but I'll take the recognition for sure. But thanks again for joining us here, Francisco. We'll wrap yeah, things up here. Can you uh, drop us your Twitter handles here or where we can find all the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is FDC, FD Castro 22 And then our uh, podcast is at the Brewers Brawl. I think it's actually at Brawl Brewers on Twitter. Someone else had never took Brewers Brawl. I don't know who it is, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll find them and get it from them. <laughs> But yeah, so definitely look us up, uh, listen to our podcast. Um, we uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, love coming on, love talking baseball. So thanks, uh, Tyler and uh, Trevor, for that. I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah.